Last year, Ryan Sylvie resigned his seat in the Missouri Senate, representing part of the Kansas City Metro. There are only 34 seats in the Senate. Every seat's important. And that one wasn't up for election for another three years. So that meant a special election, which is coming up June 5th. But this Senate seat is different than most. This suburban district isn't overwhelmingly Republican or Democrat. So the conversation and the outcome might just tell us something about the mood and the future of Missouri. I'm Brian Ellison. We meet the candidates on this episode of Statehouse Blend Missouri. Perhaps it's true that there's no such thing as an unimportant election, but some elections, certain moments in a political system, do seem more consequential than others. Missouri is experiencing a turbulent moment. Republicans who dominate the state House and Senate find themselves internally divided with a move afoot to consider impeaching their embattled governor, Eric Greitens. Democrats, meanwhile, have struggled to get a foothold in shaping policy, but hope to make gains in this year's elections. Which brings us to that nearly evenly divided Senate District 17 in Clay County. Last week, we packed up our recording gear and traveled north of the river for a live candidate forum, which we co-sponsored with the League of Women Voters. About 150 people came to hear Republican Kevin Corlew and Democrat Lauren Arthur, both state representatives who had to leave Jefferson City even as the House continued to meet to get to the forum. They answered more than two dozen questions. What follows are some of the most revealing moments. All right, well, for the first question, which will go first to Representative Corlew, we're meeting tonight in a school, so that seems as good a place to start as any. The state constitution requires the funding of schools. Elementary and secondary education are part of the the very first budget bill that's considered each year. Are Missouri schools adequately funded? And if you think they need more funding, where should that money come from? Representative Corlew. I'm a big believer in full funding of our our education system, K through 12 education. And of the last two years, for the first time since 2005, when the Education Foundation formula was implemented, that we have funded it fully twice. I will continue to do so. Northland students deserve the best, and I'll continue to make sure that I fight for that. I appreciate you using the word adequately funding. I support full funding of something called the education formula, but I also support adequately funding our education in the Northland, and I don't think we're there yet. Um, By that I mean that we're fully funding the formula, but we are underfunding other areas like teacher professional development, school transportation. Right now we're, we're funding school transportation at 20%. That means that we're underfunding it so much that some school districts across the state are going to four-day school weeks. And I don't want students in the Northland to miss out on a day of school simply because politicians in Jefferson City can't do their jobs. There are already many questions on this topic, so I will ask a couple of them together. This one is, is very to the point. Missouri's roads and bridges are terrible. What are you going to do to fix them? Um, Here's another aspect of that question. Missouri's infrastructure is in bad shape. Would you support raising the gas tax or other taxes for infrastructure? Uh, What are you doing to fix the roads in Missouri? 
This past year, I've had the opportunity and privilege to chair the transportation task force that's gone all around the state and taken re re and received comments and suggestions from Missourians on what we can do for our transportation infrastructure. We have the seventh largest sta state highway system in America, and yet we fund it at only 47th in the nation in terms of revenue per mile. We have more than 6,000 structurally deficient bridges, making us number four on that list. We need to improve our transportation infrastructure. What we heard from people all throughout the state is that, that they believe in transportation in infrastructure. They know how vital it is to our state, both for the public safety of our citizens as they travel our roadways and, as they, and also for the economic development. So as a task force, we encourage short-term and long-term solutions. The short-term being to bring our fuel tax up just increasing it to the point where it's a, an inflationary adjustment from the last time it was changed. Last time it was uh, changed was back in the mid-90s. Uh, so we, we said that let's bring it up to today's uh, amount of dollars. And the people of Missouri are responding to that. We're continuing to work on that as well as many other funding solutions to make sure our transportation system as a whole is something that we can be proud of. I agree with a lot of the recommendations put forward by a task force. There's a difference between knowing what to do and actually having the courage to do it. And leaders in Jefferson City have failed time and time again to act, to actually pass legislation, even send um, an issue like a fuel tax to the voters so that we can start moving forward when it comes to infrastructure. So we have to have the political courage and will to act, and we won't until we change who's in charge. Let me ask a question about Governor Eric Greitens. You both called on him to resign after his indictment on a felony invasion of privacy charge. You both have said impeachment should be strongly considered based on subsequent investigations and reports. You both signed a petition for a special session to consider that. It's possible this whole matter will be resolved before one of you is sworn in as Missouri's newest senator, or not. My question is whether it is resolved or not, how can the state move forward from this difficult chapter in its life? Representative Arthur. The man does not deserve to hold our state's highest office. There are two processes involved. There's the judicial process, and I believe that he deserves a right to a fair trial, but there's also a legislative process. And during that process, we legislators have to determine whether he is upholding the oath that he took, whether he has the moral uh, turpitude, whether he has the moral authority to lead our state, and at this point, he cannot effectively govern, and he also has no moral leadership or authority to move the state forward. So in order for us to move forward as the state, he needs to be removed from office. His conduct and the allegations that were found to be credible by House Investigatory Committee were not something that I could approve of as an elected official, as a father, as a Missourian. We need to put party of politics aside and do what's best for Missouri. And in this case, Governor Greitens' resignation would be what's best uh, for Missouri. There is also a legislative process, which I have agreed with, with the House colleagues to have a special session to be able to look at all the facts that have been gathered by the House Investigatory Committee and then look at articles of impeachment. And I believe that based on what the committee has found at this place that there are impeachable offenses there, and we will move forward with fairness and adequacy to address those. Um, let's, let's talk about the Second Amendment and guns. Many people, young and old, in every part of the country have called for what they call common sense gun legislation in the wake of school shootings and other mass shootings. 
Many of the weapons involved in those shootings are perfectly legal to own and to carry openly or concealed without a permit or training in Missouri. Many groups, including the NRA, say that that's because those freedoms are protected by the Constitution and should not be limited. In your view, what does the Second Amendment protect? And what, if any, legislation that would limit or restrict gun ownership would you support? We have a Second Amendment that protects the right of Americans to, to have guns, to bear arms. We need to be cognizant of that and make sure that we protect that as, as well as other First Amendment and Second Amendment. Fourth Amendment liberties that we protect. There are reasonable steps that we can take as well to make sure that the law-abiding citizens continue to have the right to bear arms, as well as uh, making sure that those who intend to do harm don't have those. And I support legislation that makes sure that we protect both of those interests. Things like making sure that we have good mental health, to make sure that people don't get guns, that are in, not in a state where they can do what's right. Making sure that, that loopholes and background checks are taken care of. Make sure that, that we have legislation like we had last year that dealt with if you're a domestic abuser and, and you're a threat to have a gun that you don't, you don't get one. These are things that we can take care of. Uh, there are other measures that we can take to, to protect our schools and things that I'm proud of that we've done when I was on the school board and I look forward to talking about those as well. There's a choice being pushed by some on the right that say you're either for the Second Amendment or you're for gun reform laws, but you can't be for both. And that's a false choice. Like a lot of people, I grew up with guns in the house, my father hunted, um, but we also know that we can put things in place to help keep people safe. But instead of doing that, the legislature has actually made our gun laws more lax in the past few years. We voted on two major issues as they relate to, to gun legislation. The first was a bill that did away with the requirement for training and a requirement for permits. I voted against that legislation. Um, the second would allow guns in places like daycare centers, hospitals, casinos, bars. Again, I don't support that legislation. And the vast majority of Missourians don't support that legislation, either pieces of those legislation. Law enforcement has also said that that will make us less safe. And when it comes to voting, I'm going to listen to both the public and law enforcement. I can tell from some of the questions I'm receiving that the question I asked earlier about guns was, was not enough, uh, that, that folks want to know a little more. Here's a couple of the questions. What is your philosophy on gun control and what steps will you take to decrease gun violence? What is your stand on common sense gun laws? Your stand on HB 1936, which was uh, in this session a legislation that among other things would reduce so-called gun-free zones uh, would, would make it legal to carry guns in places where it previously has been illegal. Your stand on teachers carrying guns in schools. There was education legislation this week that would uh, allow teachers or other staff members to be designated as school resource officers and so allowed to carry guns there. Um, get more specific about the legislation you would and would not support relating to guns. Representative Arthur. As I mentioned, I oppose the bill that would allow guns in places like daycare centers, hospitals, casinos, bars. I voted in favor of things like universal background checks. Basically, anytime there is a private sale, that there is a check to make sure that the person you're selling to is not a criminal. And I think that's a pretty common sense, reasonable thing. I've supported red flag laws, which means that if someone is in a situation where those around him or her feel like he's he or she is going to do harm to her, him or herself, 
or others, that um, there is a judicial process that may remove uh, a lethal weapon in that situation. Thank you. Representative Corlew. I've had legislation several years and worked on it diligently to be able to have what was called an armed defender docket here in Kansas City, which would not take away people's rights, but made sure that we had a process that when people used guns illegally, that they would be able to, to process those faster. The law enforcement communities uh, were strongly in support of that. Our former Attorney General, Chris Coster, was strongly in support of that. I worked with uh, Gene Peters Baker and Jack and County and our prosecutors in Platt and Clay on those as, as well to make sure that we would have a process that, that dealt with those crimes quickly and swiftly. Also as it pertains to uh, school safety, I was proud to be on the school board when we made sure that we implemented programs such as uh, making sure that we have secure entrances, making sure that we have video cameras in every school entrance. I've got some other ideas as well and, and making sure that we can keep our, our students as safe as possible. I want to ask a, at least a couple of questions about the broad category of, of ethics and money in politics in Jefferson City. A lot of people look at Jefferson City and they see a culture where money flows without transparency, where it's unclear who's influencing whom and how and why, where campaign contributions seem to have an influence on policy. Uh, do you agree with that assessment? And if not, why not? And if so, what would you like to see done about it? Representative Corlew. I've supported legislation uh, every session that I've been down there that dealt with some form of campaign finance. This year, it was legislation to take the limits that the people uh, established in Amendment 2 and make sure that they're applicable not only at the state level, but at the local level. I've also had legislation that would deal with educational groups that are set up more for nonprofit purposes, but they begin to venture into endorsing candidates and playing a role in the politics. We need to have more transparency in those areas. Overall, as Supreme Court Justice once said, is that sunlight is the best disinfectant, that we can have transparency and then the voters can decide uh, where that money's coming from and what type of influence it has. We need to be very careful about making sure that we are transparent, that we're not being driven by special interests. I, too, have sponsored legislation every year. My first year, I put contribution limits, and I, I sponsored legislation that would put contribution limits in place. Thankfully, the voters agreed with that decision, and uh, we now have contribution limits in place. Another major issue involves 501c4s or dark money organizations. They often have innocuous titles like um, the Committee for People Who Love Puppies and Kittens, and they sponsor really nasty legislation. As a candidate, I have to disclose who's given me money, how much money, and where I'm spending it. Dark money organizations don't have those same requirements, so I've sponsored legislation that would require disclosures as it relates to um, major donors so that voters can be educated and informed in making their decisions. This next question is about Clean Missouri, the uh, citizen initiative that uh, appears it will be on the ballot in November. It's a proposal that would restrict lobbyist gifts to lawmakers. It would decrease the contribution amounts uh, that are permitted to campaigns. It would change how uh, district lines are drawn for the General Assembly. What's your position on Clean Missouri? Representative Arthur. I'm proud to say that I have signed Clean Missouri, and I agree with all of those all those initiatives. I believe it's important that we ban gifts from lobbyists. Too often lawmakers take tickets to sporting events, meals, free drinks from lobbyists. 
and I think that exerts some amount of undue influence. Um, anyone's welcome to come and talk to me about a bill. You don't have to buy me a meal in order for me to listen. When it comes to gerrymandering, that's a real problem in that a lot of our districts are drawn in such a way that the candidate is determined um, through the primary process. And so you end up seeing a more extreme primary candidate who may not have a general election. And in that way, we've seen candidates come to Jefferson City who are on either the far left or the far right. I haven't read all that's in the Clean Missouri program. I, I think that there's some aspects that, that I do support. I mean, I have voted uh, against lobbyist gift bans. In terms of uh, the gerrymandering issue, we can't have gerrymandering. I've been proud to serve in, in, in really a, a Democrat-majority district, but one that, that has people of both sides. And I enjoy serving in a district like that because it means that both uh, sides can be heard, both sides need to be heard and can come. It's the marketplace of ideas. But I think it's also important to know that there has not been legislative gerrymandering in our state districts. In fact, the, the last districts were drawn by our judges. We have a process that sets forth where there are 18 members, bipartisan, who draw districts, and if they can't decide, then it goes to the judges. And that's how our districts are currently drawn. Next question. Missouri has some of the nation's most restrictive laws and strictest regulations when it comes to abortion and family planning. What abortion or family planning laws should be revised? Are you content with the laws as they are? Would you like to see others passed? Representative Arthur. I trust women in their decision making, and I believe that when it comes to abortion, that's a decision that should be made by a woman with her family with her faith community, and with her physician. I don't think that's a decision that should be made by the Missouri legislature. I think that that issue is often used for political and politically divisive purposes. I'd much rather see that time devoted to talking about how to combat uh, maternal mortality rates, how to take care of foster care children, and how to prevent unwanted pregnancies. I'm proud to be pro-life. I have three adopted children that I am very glad that their mothers gave them, their, their birth mothers gave them the opportunity to have life and to live. That's why just this week the House passed out legislation that, that enables the adoption process to go smoother and faster and to be able to make sure that the, all the processes are taken care of. Um, I'll continue to stand up for children because I believe in life. I think we need reasonable restrictions. We need to be able to, and in those we need to make sure to have good health care, make sure to have good uh, safety inspections and regulations. I think that's all important. And at the same time, we need to understand the difficult situation that, that uh, birth mothers are in and provide as much care and guidance and, uh, and help for them. There are a few questions all relating to Medicaid, which is obviously a very significant part of the state budget each year. Uh, one question is, what are your views toward Medicaid expansion? Uh, another asks, uh, how should Missouri resolve the lack of dentists who accept Medicaid? Already a significant issue, and, uh, and, and how, uh, and are, are certified and willing to accept Medicaid for such medically complex children, like children with developmental disabilities. Um, how would you like to see Medicaid reformed, expanded, changed, improved in Missouri? Representative Corlew. 
Within the Medicaid system that we have now, I believe that there are some things that we can do to expand services. For instance, I've been an advocate that, that we allow uh, those who adopt children out of our foster care system, that the Medicaid would follow that, children, that child even through the age of 18. Because when, they, when these families adopt these foster kids, they often have a lot of special needs, including uh, health services and counseling services that have to be done. And I think that Medicaid should be able to follow them. Um, I've, I, I believe that Medicaid reimbursement should be available for school-based services. Many times the best place where you can treat the mental and health, uh, and health of a child is at the school, and yet often they can't get reimbursement for that, and therefore we have to take the kids out of school or if we can get them to go to the public health center. So there are reasonable ways that we can do to make sure we serve the most vulnerable here. I remember when I first ran for office, I was going door to door, and I talked to a guy who fell within that Medicaid expansion gap, and he explained to me that he had to make the decision between whether he could afford health insurance or whether he could afford rent, and he decided health insurance, so he had to move him and his two young daughters into his mother's house. I don't think that he should have to make that decision. These are our taxpayer dollars going to other states. Um, it is a moral issue because we have people who are dying since they don't have access to this health care coverage. Additionally, it's an economic issue. Um, our hospitals would see an influx of cash. We would be able to hire more health care professionals if that money was being brought back into Missouri. And I think it would generate an economic boom across multipliers. Uh, there's really no good economic or moral reason to oppose Medicaid expansion, and that's why I've offered amendments to make sure that Missouri is moving in that direction. Next question is about minimum wage. The Missouri General Assembly has passed legislation that does prohibit municipalities from increasing the minimum wage in their local area. What is your position on minimum wage? Representative Arthur. I support a living wage. We have people in the state who are working 40, 50, 60 hours a week. These are hardworking people who can't afford to put food on the table, keep lights on, and keep shoes on their kids. And that's wrong. We, we know that's wrong. Um, Again, I remember sitting in a committee and hearing testimony from a woman who is a fast food worker. She worked full time, but in that committee, she admitted that she was hungry because she couldn't afford dinner. I, I just think that that is so wrong and so contrary to what our American ideals and values are. Um, I also support, um, I oppose the legislation to preempt minimum wage. I believe that cities and municipalities can make those determinations for the people who live there. They, get, they should be able to have some control. And the voters of St. Louis said, we believe that in St. Louis we should have a higher minimum wage. And the legislature came in and lowered that minimum wage. They took money out of those, the pockets of minimum wage workers in St. Louis. It's wrong. Thank you. Representative Corlew? I support making sure that we have an environment that creates the highest paying jobs possible to make sure that our businesses can grow jobs and pay their workers much more than minimum wage. As it pertains to minimum wage, I do believe that the minimum wage should be set at the, at the statewide level. Here in District 17, we've got, a, we've got many communities. We've got Northtown. We've got Gladstone. We've got Liberty. We've got Kansas City. In certain parts of the area, you've got one, Kansas City on one side of the street and Gladstone on the other. When the 
when the minimum wage issue was was brought to us, I heard from small business owners, owners and and saying this needs to be set at the at the state level. We can't have a situation where we're doing business in one community and just down the block we have to change our system. I have supported an increase in the minimum wage to keep up with times up to about up to ten dollars. And make, but it's important to realize that that's a minimum. We need to have an economy that grows high-paying jobs and can pay our workers much more than that. In our debate, we limited the candidates' answers to 60 seconds. In the Missouri Senate, every senator has the power to speak for as long as they want on anything they want. One senator can advance an agenda or put the brakes on someone else's. Come June 5th, one of those two voices, Democrat Lauren Arthur or Republican Kevin Corlew, will take on that responsibility. To hear the entire unedited forum, click on the link in the episode description. Our thanks again to Anitra Steele of the League of Women Voters of Kansas City, Jackson, Clay, and Platte Counties, to Chris McCann of Eastgate Middle School, and to all the volunteers there. KCUR's Chris Young engineered the event. Statehouse Blend Missouri is produced by Matt Hodat. To keep up on the latest Missouri politics news all week long, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at PTSBrian. I'm Brian Ellison. Thanks for listening. Thank you.